I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash Poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash Poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard to a very special edition of Human Events Daily. We're excited to have on a special guest. We haven't had her on in a while, but everybody, whenever whenever we have this guest on, I got to tell you, we get so many comments. The response is so strong, and she's got a lot to tell us. Folks, it's investigative journalist Noor Bin Laden. She's got a new website up that she's going to tell us about. She's coming to us live from Geneva, Switzerland, where last year she and I took on the WHO at their World Health Assembly together. And Reuters and the fact checkers were very upset with us, saying there's no such thing as a global pandemic treaty. And you guys are making it all up. Well, it turns out that there's now a 42-page draft paper that's leaked of the global pandemic treaty and nor has the receipts on that plus everything else the who is up to you welcome back to human events daily nor thank you so much for having me jack it's great to be on with you although i do miss you miss having you here in person this year i know next time next time i have to ask charlie mm -hmm. for the uh, the flight budget <laughs> good do if you need i'll i'll push him as well send him some exactly. messages <laughs> Now, listen, thanks for having me. It's important that we have this conversation today because although there's so much that's going on all around the world, and especially in the U.S. at the moment, we can't lose sight at what is happening here in Geneva, Switzerland. So you mentioned uh, we are on day um, six of the World Health Assembly, which is the annual meeting of the WHO. And... Uh, Basically, what is taking place at the UN headquarters is the implementation of a world government. We've heard these words before, the new world order, the great reset, and through the WHO, they are laying the foundations in order to install this type of world government. And they are centralizing the powers of this ruling class, of this cabal, through the extension consolidation and centralization of the WHO powers. So what I mean by that is that the WHO is being used as a weapon under the guise of, quote, furthering global health and improving lives of the population, the global population. They, in essence, want to install global governance. And they will be using these instruments that have been uh, all over the news, uh, well, not so much the mainstream, obviously, but news, you know, on our side, uh, these uh, legal instruments, which are the international health regulations, which they are seeking to amend to make even more stringent and um, mandatory, these amendments mandatory for member states, and the so-called pandemic accord or treaty, commonly known as that. So this idea basically is to take the restrictions and the guidelines, the rule book that we saw that was put together and then implemented during the pandemic 
but then take it to an entirely international level. Because we remember they didn't have the ability to enforce lockdowns, to enforce vaccine mandates. They were simply pushing guidelines. But with this treaty and these international health regulations, would this actually have binding force? Is that the idea? Absolutely. This is the wording that is key here. Um, these uh, measures that are being pushed, the amendments through the IHR and the uh, provisions of this new instrument, the pandemic treaty, would basically beholden all nations to the WHO measures, response measures to, quote, pandemics or any health emergencies. And what we saw during COVID was what I call a warm-up. And uh, the response would essentially be on steroids and countries would lose their sovereignty entirely through the implementation of this legal framework. And the WHO, whatever it decides uh, in terms of whether or not in the first place this health emergency would be considered a pandemic or not, but then whatever it decides in terms of response would, in essence, supersede national laws. Right. And I, and I noticed that in, in one section of the draft that leaked, there was there was a, a session at the WH, uh, the World Health Assembly of the WHO's meeting where the delegation for Brunei in Southeast Asia was actually asking that could they they were requesting that in the pandemic treaty, they should put out a distinction on a state. And I'm reading this genuine inability to comply. So let's say you're, you're actually unable to comply for maybe, maybe it's a, a poor state, doesn't have resources, et cetera, versus, listen to this, unwillingness or intentional non-compliance, that they want to make it so that you will be punished for intentionally not complying or being unwilling to comply with the new edicts and the new guidelines of this treaty. So both these instruments, the IHR and the Pandemic Accord, uh, have provisions to set up compliance committee, a compliance committee and universal peer mechanisms to monitor the compliance of member states and the penalties that would go along with it, in essence. And you have the entire health, quote, architecture and infrastructure, all the entities that are pushing forward this agenda, including, you know, the Lancet, calling for this provision to be included in both the documents. And to the point you were making, it's very important for people to know that member states of the WHO are driving this push for the loss of sovereignty of the nations they are tasked to represent at the WHO. So you have industry, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, all the different big pharma companies, all these so-called philanthropies, um, these uh, medical journals, these institutions, our own governments, all driving forward the agenda of the WHO, which is, in essence, if you look at the overarching agenda itself, just a plan for global governance. Stay tuned, folks. We're going to be right back. Norbin Laden breaking down important information that you need to know about the global pandemic treaty. Let's take a second to remind you guys about my friends at Blackout Coffee. If you go to right now, blackoutcoffee.com slash poso, you can receive for a limited time 20% off your first order with promo code POSO20. 
So it's blackoutcoffee.com slash POSO for 20% off your first order. And I tell you, I guarantee you, you are going to love it as much as I do. Not even joking. I Since we got back, I know I know. I said we've been traveling. We got back. We got the case of blackout. We opened it up. We had four bags of blackout in there. The first bag is almost done. So we do about a bag a week. It's mostly me, I got to say. It's mostly me as far as coffee. Tanya, she's not really, she's like a tea drinker. Me, I'm the coffee guy. What can I say? I want my coffee in the morning. And when I go for my coffee, I reach for Blackout Coffee. It powers this show. It powers human events. And it will power you too. Blackoutcoffee.com slash POSO, promo code POSO20. And we're back with Norbin Laden. Now, Nor, when we left, you were telling us about which member states or the fact that there were member states and industry that were driving this at the WHO. Are you able to break down for us which member states that are really in the driver's seat here? Yeah, there are two points I'd like to make about this. So the first one is just for those who aren't necessarily driving this uh, or who don't necessarily wish to drive this, they are beholden to the entire international order globalist system. So for example, if you're a smaller country, you don't really have a choice. You kind of have to comply because your adherence is contingent to, you know, maybe a loan from the World Bank. So you have all these entities like the IMF, the World Bank, the Bank of International Settlements, you know, based also here in Switzerland and Basel. So you have all these backroom deals that are being made between the countries. And so in essence, you don't really have a choice um, whether you want to comply or not. And to answer your question about who is driving this, um, the federal government of the United States, the Biden regime, is very much a driving force behind um, this global governance health infrastructure uh, system through the WHO. And so the point I wanted to make about that in terms of um, what it is that the Biden regime has actually done is that um, the first thing that Biden did when he was installed in the White House within a few hours he signed the United States back to the WHO as a member state uh, after President Trump had uh, stopped funding the WHO um, uh, in uh, the spring of 2020 and then uh, started the process of actually removing the United States from the WHO. So that was the first act action uh, that uh, Biden took. And then in January 2022, you had the um, assistant deputy to HHS, Lois Pace, who sent a letter to the WHO along with amendments to the international health regulations, thereby kickstarting that process. And uh, the U.S. therefore solidified and announced that they were fully uh, intending on cooperating very closely with the WHO. So make no mistake, the Biden regime, the ruling class of America who have hijacked um, your nation are very much in lockstep with the WHO and the UN in general. Now, when when we talk about these these potential punishments, uh, strong com- countries punishing weaker countries, or not even weaker, but small, but smaller countries, countries with smaller economies, uh, we've talked about so much about when we were there before the influence of the Chinese Communist Party 
on the WHO in general. Uh, what? Uh, how are they going to be able to determine compliance? How do they determine whether people are actually going along with this? Well, as I mentioned in the in the previous segment, you know they're going to have this compliance committee and these peer review mechanisms, and basically the treaty and the international health regulations lay out exactly what is to what is expected of states of member states in terms of adhering to WHO edicts or um, the mechanisms that the WHO want to put in place, uh, which includes, you know, sharing of valuable assets in terms of IP and, um, and other technologies. But the point I wanted to make is that one of the core tenets of um, this agenda of the WHO is surveillance. And this word pops up in so many of the official documentation of the WHO. They are intent through the WHO and under the guise of health emergencies of installing a mass surveillance biomedical state. And you just have to look at the different initiatives and working groups and task force that they've set up uh, over the past few years, but even more so recently using COVID as a pretext. It's just astounding. And I'm going to mention a couple. I'll, I think I remember them, but I have them noted somewhere here. But for example, the late, latest one, which was launched just last Saturday on the eve of the kickoff of the World Health Assembly, is the IPSN, the International Pathogen Surveillance Network. Uh, another one uh, that they've also launched is the uh, the uh, Global Genomic um, Surveillance Strategy. So you have all these like task force and initiatives that sit under the WHO hub for pandemic and epidemic uh, response. I mean, the wording, uh, the nomenclature, I've been reading these documents for the past couple of weeks, is just, you know, a lot of word salad. And it's uh, very hard to sift through because they make it, I think, quite opaque on purpose. But when you actually dig into it and read the text, the agenda couldn't be more explicit, Jack. Well, this is what they always do. Um, hold it right there because we're going to take another break. But when we come back, I want to break down exactly what this means. Genomic surveillance, pathogen watch, international regulations into a biomedical surveillance state. Coming back, Human Events Daily with Norbert Mott. All right, we've got a lot of supporters here at Human Events, a lot of partners, and I want to make sure that you know that by supporting our partners, you support us. One of my favorite ones is iTarget Pro because the iTarget Pro system is incredible. It allows you to dry fire practice with your firearm anytime you want in the safety of your own home. What it is, is a target system that fits directly, it's basically a laser bullet that fits directly into the chamber of your own firearm. You can use it safely. You can use it securely in your own home with inflation, by inflation being as bad as it is. I get it. Going to the range, firing all that brass, it costs a lot of money. These days, take the time to maintain your perishable skill. Go to itargetpro.com and you will save 10% now and free shipping with promo code POSO. 
itarget.com slash promo code POSO. And it comes in all the major calibers. itargetpro.com promo code POSO. Okay, we're back here. Human Events Daily. Norbin Laden, you've been breaking down for us this biomedical surveillance state, a new edifice that is reaching out from the sunny lake shores of Lake Geneva, but stretching its tentacles, oily tentacles all around the entire world. When when you tell us about this surveillance, uh, does it mention any mechanisms, physical mechanisms, technological mechanisms? What type of surveillance are we looking at? Are we talking about mm-hmm. uh, vaccines? Are we talking about making sure everyone's screened, mandates? What actual implementation are they looking at? Yeah, so bouncing off uh, your question and also how we ended the previous segment, um, as I said, the agenda is very explicit. And anyone who wants to understand what they want to achieve through the WHO and what their overall agenda is, there is one key document, which is called the Triple Billion Targets. And I'll just read to answer your question the first paragraph uh, of this. So it says... Two words, measurable impact, are at the heart of the WHO's plans to transform the future of public health. The focus is on using timely, reliable, actionable data to improve the health of billions of people. The triple billion targets are fundamental to how this plan will be achieved and monitored. And so the triple billion targets are in essence three one billion targets that they aim to achieve within the five-year plan. The first of these um, triple targets is one billion more people benefiting from universal health coverage without financial hardship. So this is about centralizing and uniformizing uniform, the uniformization of healthcare globally. The second one is health emergencies protection. One billion more people better protected from health emergencies. This is where the International Health Regulations Amendments and the Pandemic Accord come in. And that's where we talk about immunization programs, the digitization of IDs, and this surveillance system that we mentioned. And lastly, the third one billion target is about one billion more people enjoying better health and well-being, a very vague and large term. And this is about broadening the WHO mandate and what health is and um, what falls under the WHO purview. And so they're going to ram in climate emergencies, for example, into this. And so to come back to the health emergencies one, the second one, because this is the key one through which they're going to push these legal instruments and through which, you know, they're talking about this surveillance program they are in parallel rolling out mass inoculation programs. It's all over their website. And this will be used as the basis to justify the tracking of said injections through digital IDs, hence where the vaccine passports, quote, vaccine passports come in. And so through this- So this would essentially be not just a vaccine passport, but almost like a- like a health passport that if in the same way that let's say I, let's say I want to travel to Switzerland, they've got to see my passport that now if I want to travel even internally within my country, that I can be asked to be, to be shown my biomedical 
health passport. Absolutely. And this is obviously, you know, every they've been talking about this all over the place. You know, there was the, the G7, I believe, in, in Indonesia uh, last fall, you know, where they were talking about um, having digital vaccine passports in order to travel. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to travel at all. So the world leaders are in on this. The leaders of our governments are in on this, as we mentioned uh, earlier in the in the interview. But to the point about um, the surveillance system, I wanted to add something. And you know the 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 agenda in general. The, that word I couldn't pronounce earlier. The uniformization. Can you say it, Jack? How they're going to unif- make the whole healthcare system uniform. That's well, also unify. going to be. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll, they will centralize power the same way they're centralizing yeah. power in our government, the same way they're centralizing power in the Soviet Union. Yeah. They were. It's a centralization of power using the the threat and the to your point the pretext of of health. And now that COVID is is essentially a non-issue, what they're doing yeah. is they're actually bringing forward to say, well, we never know there could be another one. Or to your point as well, potentially using. Mm-hmm. And we hear this again and again. Uh, this language, again, from the WHO and also the World Economic Forum of using climate change as being a threat against this. But Nor, we've only got a couple of minutes left here. So I wanted to remind everybody and also give you an opportunity to let them know that you have a new website out because I know you have so much amazing information. We're definitely going to get you back on to tell more about this. Also, you and I did a documentary about this that people can go watch at tposa.com about the 100-year plan that was involved here. It goes all the way back to League of Nations. It's called The Great Global Reset. Go watch that at tposa.com. But tell us, what is the new website that you have up? Yeah, just one point I wanted to add with what we were saying earlier. The word I was looking for was uniformity. They want Mm. uniformity across the healthcare system between all the different countries so that they can have, you know, an ID that is tied to universal health care. And to the point you were just making, which was very important, they are using the pretext of COVID, quote, mistakes to double wow. down. So that's that's the narrative throughout the week and all the documentations, you know, you have this paper called Strengthening WHO Preparedness for Response and Health Emergence in Health Emergencies. They are saying we have to learn from the mistakes of COVID so that we don't do the same mistakes again. And we have to fill in the gaps in the infrastructure between, you know, uh, and cooperate better between nations. This is the whole narrative. Um, anyway, to, uh, to answer your, your final uh, point, everything you need to know about the WHO's power grab is on this new website that I created with my friend Nick Ceruti, who's also based in Geneva, called wehurtothers.com. And uh, the reason why we call it that is that although they pretend to be helping us, the WHO is actually hurting us. And they have a long history of pushing out different products, injections, Uh, being completely in bed with industry. In fact, the WHO is industry and they are hurting lives. Not at all what they posture to be. This is the real WHO. And we wanted just to do a repository of all the information you need to know in order to educate yourself about this power grab. And I'm looking at it now. It's fantastic. It's got everything on the IHR, primer on who they are, 
these international health regulations, digital passports, the wallets, the surveillance, the censorship, the corruption, the conspiracies, the WHO, the push for uh, pedocriminality, even that all of these things that are there, as well as links to uh, different information that's out there, uh, different resources that other people can read. This, this is fantastic. Norbin Laden, I have thank to say, you. thank you. Thank you so much again. Everyone needs to go. We hurt others. Dot com. Is there anywhere else you'd like to give your coordinates before you sign off today? Sure. We also have a Twitter and a Getter account at We Heard Others. And my personal accounts, both on Twitter and Getter, are at Norbin Laden. Norbin Laden, always a pleasure. The esteemed Norbin Laden. And I do hope that next time, I know Tanya Tay would very much be happy to be able to visit Geneva again. So uh, I'd uh, love to see her. Charlie next time. <laughs> I'll talk. But to you. you know what? I need to yeah. get to the states since they finally lifted this insane vax uh, mandate. We we welcome so. you with open arms, ladies Thank and gentlemen. You. Norbin Laden, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore. 